everyone, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Poppery Wine Podcast, brought to you by PopperyWine.com. My name is Lee. And my name is Linz. And we're here to talk about all things PopperyWine.com. And all things Game Boy. Yeah. Org. That's yeah. our topic this time, is Game Boy. That's a fun one. It is, and special shout out to AJ, because he's the one who suggested this. So AJ, who runs the Classic Red Green page at classicredgreen.weebly.com, suggested to us on our Scary Books and Stuff podcast post, uh, he asked, how about a pod to discuss the Game Boy mod? I've been thinking about doing this to one of my original ones, as well as an LED conversion for my Game Gear. Would love to hear any advice or suggestions. So I've actually attempted to do both of these things, so I think I'll be able to you know, fill them in on a few few things. That's good, because I've done neither, so sorry, AJ. Great. I'm going to be talking for most of this episode, so I hope you all like the sexy sound of my voice, because uh, the pollen count is pretty high today, and I didn't get much sleep, and I went riding roller coasters this weekend, and I bit my tongue in two or three spots, so... <laughs> This is all me. Like, there's not a filter on me or anything right now. And you're two beers in, so this could get weird. One and a quarter. Thank you. Okay, but I feel like it'll be better than the Zima episode somehow. Everybody should know, the Zima episode, there was there was no buzz. Okay, it was just me, like, taking tiny sips of Zima and making disgusted faces. There was a lot of that, yeah. yeah. So anyway, um, part of the reason we're doing this uh, fan-suggested episode, one, we like getting uh, suggestions from people because that tells us what you want to hear about, but also, uh, this is kind of a special episode for us. Did you know that? Of course, I would never forget. Did you just forget our episode anniversary? No, no, uh, I, I would never. No, I think he did. No, oh. I would never forget our a- anniversary. And of course, you know that this is episode three hundred thirty. Thirty, episode thirty. I don't feel three hundred. Give me something to write on. Well, there's an obscure reference for like one person. <laughs> And that person is not me. <laughs> Apparently, looking <laughs> looking at your face there. Um, so let's kind of kind of just start it off. Talk a little bit about the history of the Game Boy, and you know, I, I'm not looking at facts. I'm not looking at Wikipedia. I'm just winging it. I don't know if you remember prior to Game Boy what life was like. Okay, so Game Boy came out in what '89. So I was somewhere around five years old, and um. Before Game Boy, if you wanted to play games in the car, like on long drives, which my family went on a lot of long drives because we had family all over the country, um, you had to sit in the back seat and play with like these little like mechanical games. It would be like a crappy pinball or like squirt the water rings into something. I had a roulette. A roulette, yeah, or like a tic tac toe game or something. Yeah. And then they came out with those tiny magnetized board games. Do you remember that? Yeah, the magnets weren't great, and I had checker pieces all over the minivan. Yeah, the pieces were all over ours, too. Just gone. And then, just kind of out of nowhere, Game Boy came out. 
Like, I never had a Game & Watch prior to that, so Game Boy was like, whoa, what is this magic? Now, I think we were both pretty early adopters of this, and it's interesting you bring up Life Before Game Boy, because I was in first grade when I got mine, and I don't remember being aware of the Game Boy before that, just getting it that Christmas, and it was life-changing. Yeah, oh, it was big news. Uh... I remember getting mine. Uh, it was we were visiting my cousins. We finally got to my box under the Christmas tree, and I opened it, and it's this like gray plastic hard case. And I'm like, okay, and you know I gotta wait a few more turns for the cousins to open their presents, and it comes back to me again. It's Doctor Mario for Game Boy, and I'm like, no, no. It comes back around one more time. I open the Game Boy. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what my parents didn't know is that I acted surprised, but I actually knew for six months I was getting a Game Boy. <laughs> Would you snoop through all the Christmas presents? Uh, no, I accidentally, um, spoiler alert, uh, broke the illusion of Santa Claus that Christmas. Oh. Yeah, I walked in as my mom was wrapping the Game Boy. She doesn't Aww. know I saw it, but that was it. I milked it for like another three years, but once I asked for a Super Nintendo and a Game Genie in the same Christmas, that was when my parents told me, nope. <laughs> you got too greedy. I got too greedy. I could have probably ridden it another year. Dr. Mario is one of the best games on the Game Boy. Isn't it? Like that's, a, that's a good one to start with. It's a good one. And it, I think I actually like it better than the NES counterpart. And you know what? Like A lot of the earlier Game Boy games are the better ones. Yeah, it got kind of like silly after a while. It became like Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen's video game adventure. A lot of franchises or movie tie-ins and things I didn't care about. The best franchise one is... Believe it or not, there is a real Ghostbusters game for Game Boy, and I wanted it forever, and I never got it. And Wait, then, real Ghostbusters and not the regular one that was on Atari and Master System and all that? No, this is like real Ghostbusters, the cartoon, and it has like cartoon Vankman on it. Okay. Well, as it turns out, it was only real Ghostbusters, like... I think maybe only in the North American market, and it's a Garfield game everywhere else, which is hilarious considering it's the same voice actor for Garfield and Peter. Oh, you wrote about that on poprewine.com. Yeah, you might want to check out some of our old classic articles on poprewine.com. I forgot all about that one. What about you? How'd you get a Game Boy? Well, for Christmas. Yeah, but there's like a story behind it. Take me to the moment. I honestly, I unwrapped it and my parents, see, I'm an only child, so I get like a bit of spoiling. So I, I got, you know, the Game Boy, a few games and this case that I got to keep everything in. And my parents also got me, was it the magnifying glass and all those, like the light and the battery pack that you had at Dang, the bottom. Did you have a handy boy? I wish. It's not even its final form. <laughs> So I had a lot of accessories, and I would get a lot of games, but a lot of the games were the ones that were, because while I was spoiled, we were also kind of poor, so the games I would get were the discount ones at Canadian Tire. Oh, ouch. 
Yeah, so I'd have I think one of them was nail and scale, which was pretty fun. And there was this other one. I, like, exactly. I haven't played Super Mario World, but I've played Nail and Scale. <laughs> played the F out of Nail and Scale and Boomer's Adventures in Asmic World. <laughs> Asthmatic World? <laughs> Asmic World. <laughs> I, so you're like this pink dinosaur. And you, you have to hit un- pause like every 30 <laughs> seconds. <laughs> tickle, tickle. <laughs> it was like the diabetes game for the SNES. <laughs> oh my god. How bad is that? I mean, this pink dinosaur, and then there was like Snoopy's magic show. So it was the bar was kind of low on the games I did have, but then I also had, of course, it came with Tetris and Super Mario Land, and of course, like we discussed earlier, Doctor Mario. Yeah, Super Mario Land is an interesting game, and like I really, really like Super Mario Land, and I think the second one's pretty good too. Back in the early days of Mario, one of the cool things, and they've kind of lost track of that over the years, is that every Mario game was like a totally different thing. Like you didn't know what a Mario game was going to be. So like the first one comes out and you're like this pixely guy jumping on bricks. The second one comes out and you're like, wait, I can pick my character. I'm going through these portals. Like this is whack. Third one comes out and you got like it's like in a souped up version of the first one. And it's like, you got the power ups and like maps and stuff. It's a, Whoa, what is this? The game boy one comes out. That's a totally different game. And then, uh, I found out recently why, or, or how they justify that Mario land was so different than Mario brothers. Okay. Why, why was it so different? Uh, those games don't take place in the mushroom kingdom. Where do they take place? Sarasaland. So what's the what? Sarasaland. <laughs> Where did they even come up with that? Does that mean anything? It sounds like sarsaparilla. Like it makes me want root beer. I was thinking saffron, but yeah, I could go either way. Yeah, I could see that. So no, that's that's the thing. That's why there's not like you know King Koopa in it. It's uh, it's whatever that weird monster guy is you fight at the end. I never even thought about that because, well, I I think I've talked about it here, at least on articles on poprewine.com, that I I had friends and neighbors and everything with Nintendo and Super Nintendo, but the only Nintendo stuff I grew up on was the stuff I had for the Game Boy, so my foray into Mario was Super Mario Land. That is so weird. I mean, I'm sure you're not the only one. Like, there has to be someone else that didn't have an NES and they just got a Game Boy. Probably, but I—I I mean, I always preferred it as well. Probably because I preferred staying at home and not being social and playing my Game Boy and like not dealing with my friends' siblings. So you never hooked the Game Boy Link up to anybody. Uh, I did not. I think that stayed brand new in packaging. I—I <laughs> uh, I attempted it once. I played Tetris two-player with someone. And then we left the cable outside, and it got all rusty overnight, so we couldn't play again. Hmm. I only ever had five games for my Game Boy, I think. Like, to this day. Um, I had Tetris, Dr. Mario, Mario Land, Mario Land 2, and Shadowgate. Okay, so but- the ones you did have were bigger quality names. Yeah, I didn't have, like, snails and nails or whatever you had. <laughs> I had one. I was so excited because I thought it was going to be, like, Cool Spot. 
it was i think it's just called spot and it's what is that like othello or something mm. it's kind of like that it's a I weird puzzle c- game never figure that game out i rented that on nes once and it's like spot puts on roller skates and dances to the other side of the screen oh yeah yeah when you try to rent cool spot and you fail at it that's what you get uh yeah no, it made no sense. And like all the adults are trying to figure it out and stuff. And like none of us could. And we're like, seven up, we're not going to drink you ever again. And my household never bought seven up again because of that game. Where's my Fido Dido game? Where's my Fido Dido game? I bought Shadowgate in high school. I tried to get back into Game Boy years later. I just, Game Boy, I really liked the few games I had for it, but it never did a whole lot for me. And. I eventually got a Game Gear, which I just loved significantly more, and that was my first Sega anything. So I kind of have a similar approach as you. Like, Sonic 2 for Game Gear, as hard as it is, was my first Sonic game. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, Yeah, so am I. <laughs> <laughs> but Game Gear was awesome, and I only ever had like eight games for that. And I had this really awesome case for my Game Gear. It looked like a laptop bag, and people thought I was, like, the first kid in the world with a laptop because it was, like, a really nice bag that said Sega on the side. And then, like, when they'd open it up at the airport, it would just be like, oh, yeah, okay. It was just my Game Gear. And Do you still have that bag? Because you actually, can just, like, slip a laptop into it. Right? I actually have two of them, and they would fit my current laptop. I'm surprised you don't use it as a laptop bag. I know. I really should because it's a good bag. I used to take my Game Gear everywhere. I handled my Game Gear with like the most care I possibly could. So it's ironic that it's totally screwed up beyond usability now, thanks to oh. me. I also had a pretty cool case for my Game Boy. Well, I had two cases. Um, the second case was the big oversized plastic case that looked like a Game Boy that I had to upgrade to because I had so many crappy games from Canadian Tire. But the first one I got was like the legit Game Boy carrying case. And there was this guy in, I don't know, like fourth grade that I had such a crush on. And he had a Game Boy. And I remember sitting on the back of the bus with him, like the back of the school bus. And he was like eyeing my Game Boy case. And I knew I was getting a new one. So I just gave him my old one because I had such a crush. He was so cute. David T. Bear. Oh, man. But... You know, he moved away. He became troubled. Saw him again in eighth grade, and he had the worst eyebrows I have ever seen. Crush was instantly over. Oh. I am an eyebrow person. Did you get your case back? I did not. Like, I tried be like, hey, David, at the, because we met him at the uh, ice rink because the 90s. And he just wanted nothing to do with me. I'm like, I gave you that Game Boy case, but. I don't know, but he was arrested for dealing coke later in life, so maybe I came out on top. His life went downhill once you gave him that Game Boy case. It, it really was. You were talking about like all the like crappy Canadian Tire games you had. One time, I was on a plane, and I was sitting behind someone. Remember that Simpsons where he steals Bone Storm, like the Mortal Kombat game? Oh, yeah. And... Like, there's another kid at the store who says, buy two, I'm not sharing with Caitlin. And it was one of these scenarios on a plane. Like, I saw these kids had two of every game. Well, one Are of them... Are you serious? Yes. One of them dropped by my feet early in the flight. And I looked at it the whole time. And I was like, if they don't pick it up, 
I have a new game. If they don't pick it up, I have a new game. And like, you know, for like three hours in this flight, I'm just staring at this game. I'm like putting my foot <laughs> over it and stuff. And oh my God. We go to get up and like, man, a, a total Doug funny moment. I pick it up and I was like, is this your guys' game? And I gave it back to them. And it was like some lame game like Barbie's Tennis or something. But Oh, yeah. No, I can see why you gave it back now. But well, it was upside down when I gave it to them. I didn't know what it was until it flipped oh. over. Yeah. I saw my first Game Gear on a plane, too. I was sitting on the on the plane, and they had the lights out. And, you know, it was like a late-night flight. And my mom's like, how's that guy playing his Game Boy in the dark? And I'm, like, looking at it, and it's got color on the screen. I'm like, what the hell? What is that? And he's playing uh, Super Columns on a Game Gear. And we were like, what is this? Like, we asked him what it was. And, you know, it was probably, like, some rich executive man of the 90s. And... <laughs> I'm like, I got to have one. And so that was kind of the end of my Game Boy love and beginning of Game Gear. Yeah, that's funny because, well, as we all know, the Game Boy didn't really have much going for it in terms of light. Uh, so I would always plug my Game Boy into the wall, like through the rechargeable battery pack that kind of stuck out like a big badonkadonk at the back. I remember that. And I would sit, <laughs> I would sit next to the lamp in the living room just so I could have some light to play. And that was like my spot. <laughs> that was Lindsay's Game Boy spot. Until the battery pack started smoking. Like, did your dad give it a cigarette or what? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> that was menthol. Uh, no, I just I was playing it too much and just smoke started coming out of the battery pack. Mom, the Game Boy's smoking again. <laughs> <laughs> Should have been for our PSA episode. Right. No, the, I didn't have that so much with Game Boy because I had like this square of light you could put around it which worked well enough and plus I, I couldn't get mine to work that well really yeah i i had just like a cheapo one what was that brand nakey that used to be on everything go nakey yeah. n-a-k-i i think is that what the rugrats called themselves when they got naked <laughs> it is. they were nakey uh <laughs> oh my god like <laughs> That's the reason I never bought a Game Boy Advance, though. It's because I remember that Penny Arcade comic where, like, it's just four panels and it's, like, one of them is playing the Game Boy Advance and each time there are more lamps around it, like, in each panel. And I'm like, yeah, I can't do that. And I played one at Kmart and I was like, that is not happening to me. You know, I kind of missed out on the Game Boy Advance, like, completely. And uh, I recently picked up a Game Boy Micro. And I do feel like I missed out. Like, I, I played through Sonic Advance, and I was like, that's actually kind of a fun game. Like, it's not the best Sonic, but certainly Sonic got a lot worse after that point. Well, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, I said a Virtual Boy. I, I got my VB at KB, which sounds kind of like some kind of disease that got transmitted to me or something. But You should probably get tested. should get tested for my VB at KB. <laughs> You should. I got a Virtual Boy, like, on a whim. My mom went into Payless, and I go into KB, and they have Virtual Boy for, like, $30. The games are, like, 5 bucks a piece, and I hand them my money, and my mom's like, what's in that big bag? Because Virtual Boy came in, like, the biggest box you could imagine. <laughs> so the console being $30 and the games being 5 that didn't send off warning signals? Oh, I knew it sucked. My neighbors had one. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's just like, you know, for 30 bucks, I was going to get one. 
And my mom wasn't too happy that I impulse bought uh, a Virtual Boy. But I took it on a plane once, and the person in front of me leaned their seat back, and it broke the little stand that the Virtual Boy sits on. So I'd like... Like whenever I want to play it, I have to like bury my face in it or like lay on my back and have it just lay on my head. It's weird. I've taped Maybe it. you shouldn't play it. Well, probably not. One of the eyes got scrambled over the years. Oh. I taped it to my head once. So as far as Game Boy goes, though, did you get all the variations like the micro, the color, the GBA? No, um, I think I have a color now. I pretty much just stuck with the big brick one, and then once the DS came out, I got a DS Lite, and I also have a 2DS. Yeah, it's kind of my story here as well. I had a Nomad. Do you remember those? I remember them because of you. (laughs) (laughs) I impulse bought a Nomad once because it was $70. The Nomad was more than what you spent on... The Virtual Boy and all the games. Oh, yeah. And I got the Nomad in, like, 99. It was, like, years after it was relevant. In 2006, I uh, I took my Nomad on a friend road trip, and we were just staying, like, at all these random people's apartments and stuff on the trip. And, like, everybody else that, like, I'd run into, if they were playing anything, they were playing a DS. And I'm, like, there with my Nomad and, like, the cartridge and the Game Genie sticking out of the top. And I'm, like, maybe it's time. Maybe it's time to to carry on that was it that was the last trip i took with the nomad i don't know it's kind of cool playing genesis games on the go well, i liked the nomad a lot it was a great system it was just kind of late in the genesis cycle so while you're not carrying around a nomad anymore hmm. i couldn't help but notice a couple months ago when i went to visit you you were packing something else well is that the Game Boy camera in your pocket, or are you just happy to see me? The Game Boy became the Game Man. <laughs> On the Game Boy pocket, I had a Game Boy camera. This sounds like a rap song. All right, we're cutting all that. All right. Okay. Um, well, you know, I thought I'd fool you into thinking it was maybe like some leftover 90s Taco Bell, but in fact it was my modded Game Boy that I chose the color scheme based off 90s Taco Bell. It is a thing of beauty. And while it is beautiful, it's also a little bit alarming when walking through a Kroger, Lee pulls out his Game Boy camera. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I wanted to take a portrait of you. (laughs) Or if we go out for Chinese and he's got his Game Boy camera taking a photo of the outside of the building. I always get a question when I have the Game Boy camera. So like, I don't know, a year or two ago, uh, I was at some toy shop and they had a Game Boy camera for like eight bucks. And I'm like, you know, that was one I kind of missed. I never had a Game Boy camera. And I know a lot of other people that was like their first digital camera. But uh, I happened to have a floppy disk digital camera in the 90s. So I never had the need to get Game Boy camera. But for eight bucks, I was like, you know what? My Game Boy still works. I'll, I'll grab this. And I took some pictures, and then I was like, well, now how do I get them off? And I got kind of obsessed researching that. It's not as straightforward as you would think, because, you know, it's 2018. And there's this guy, and I think it's two guys, they essentially build this SD reader converter that 
pretends that it's a printer. So you go to print your photo and it's really just sending the file to the SD card. So that card reader was called BitBoy and it seems like they do like a batch of them every year. Highly recommend it. It's a very, very clever little device for what it is. Um, and it will open up your world to two bit photography. I've been kind of doing this series of photos with my Game Boy camera of classic album art, Game Boy camera attized. So I'm also, you know, like, like a big vinyl collector. And so I've been taking like album covers and lighting them properly, but then taking them with the, taking the photo with the Game Boy camera. And you can still tell it's like, Oh, that's Sergeant Peppers, but like you can't identify a single detail in it. So I really like that aspect of it to see how things look through the eyes of 2-Bit. So you've got the Game Boy camera, the BitBoy, and uh, like you mentioned, your Game Boy looks like 90s Taco Bell. Yeah, I I was really struggling for color scheme because you can custom order all the parts. And Where do you get those from? Do you remember? I got the pieces for it off a website called Handheld Legend, and they've got actually really a lot of cool stuff. Um, While I was modding out the color of the buttons and stuff, I put in a backlight that I got off there for a few bucks. It wasn't really that hard other than here's here's something I didn't know uh, about Game Boy until I did this mod. So you know how the Game Boy has that like green background in the games that like army yeah. green that's a sticker what it's a sticker they intentionally made it that color i always thought that was some technical limitation or the glass or the mirror yeah. or something no so it could it could have been like light blue or hot pink yeah why <laughs> baby puke green right so, like, part of what you do when you mod is you have to get the sticker off the glass. And just, like, a handful of them, it's, like, impossible to get the sticker off. And mine turned out to be one of the impossible ones. So it took me, like, two days of scrubbing this thing while I was watching TV just to, like, get it clean enough to work. Um, then the actual, like, LED installment took, like, 15 minutes. That wasn't a problem at all. So now I've got a, a blue LED in my Game Boy. And you like it much better than the cream spinach? You know, nothing's ever going to feel retro like the cream spinach, but that's why I kept my original Game Boy intact, and I bought a new Game Boy for this Frankenstein experiment. Ah, good call. Yeah, because I had that awesome sticker in mind, where the Nintendo sticker came from like Kellogg's cereal, and it's a picture of Metroid, and there's a spot to write your name, <laughs> but I wrote Metroid, but I spelled it with a Y. <laughs> yeah. Metroid. <laughs> <laughs> so do you find your modded Game Boy easier to play or your Metroid Game Boy easier to play? The modded one's the one that lives out in the living room. I actually brought it out um, with the camera accessory at a party a couple weeks ago and told everybody to take selfies throughout the night. And that got like a really good reaction from people. How many photos does that hold anyway? Uh, about 30. Okay, that's not too bad. No, and so I kind of look at it like rolls of film. So I have I'm trying to get every color uh, that there was for Game Boy Color because there was like a blue one, a red one, a green one, yellow one, etc. And 
I'm thinking of them like rolls of film, like, oh, filled up the green one, put the blue one in, oh, filled that up, put the red one in, and then just dump them all when I get home. So it kind of, despite being digital, it puts this like very analog process back onto how you think about your shots and how you process your shots later. And I kind of miss that in photography in the way that I think, um, you know, I enjoy listening to vinyl because you kind of interact with the media a little bit more. Yeah, it's fun getting your hands dirty. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you were telling me something about the bringing back Game Boy? or Oh, yeah. We've had uh, podcast notes for this since January, apparently. Uh, and I had a note here saying, current state of the Game Boy coming back thanks to Hyperkin. Why are you listening? Podcast mentioned this already. So thanks for mentioning that and bringing that to our attention five months ago <laughs> uh was there an update did the game boy come back i did google it and it says that it's coming back in the summer so hopefully shortly after this podcast is posted but i guess hyperkin is making their own version of game boy what i know there's a lot of like game boy clones on the market now and like there's one for a cell phone it looks like a game boy cell phone case but you can put the game in it Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, that was cool. What about... Yeah, this um, looks like... an L- The Hyperkin thing looks like an LED backlit thing. Yeah, if you All right. if you don't want to get your hands dirty and do the work yourself. I'm sure the Why Are You Listening to This Podcast mentioned it in uh, much more detail than I am, so good luck finding that three episode. Three months ago. <laughs> yeah, we we're very timely in our topics. <laughs> hey, did you hear that there's a new Debbie Boone album coming out? Oh, boy. Yeah. Actually, there's a new ABBA album coming out. Why, though? I don't know. I don't know. I tried to install a backlight in my Game Gear with my cousin, and uh, he was doing his at the same time, and he had he was doing, like, nice, clean soldering and stuff, and I got kind of frustrated and kind of started, like, banging mine on the table and, like, got real sloppy, <laughs> and I had it working for, like, 30 seconds, and... I needed to make like one more correction to make it work right. And uh, I botched it and like torched the whole thing. So my Game Gear's dead. Oh, well, you did your Game Boy one, the backlight. What's the difference in modding both of them that this one was more difficult? Uh, the Game Boy wasn't too hard to mod because you're essentially just scraping off a sticker and then soldering on top of some other solder points. Whereas the Game Gear, most of the reason Game Gears are dead are because the capacitors in it go bad. And there's a ton of them. And they're like the weirdest shapes. And like they don't go through the board. So you like only have one side to deal with. So if like you're taking off the old capacitors, you can tear up the board. And then all your effort on putting a new one is toast. So I was doing them one at a time. And like capacitor number eight... I scratched the board up. That's it. It's done. There's no fixing that. Oh, that sucks. Yeah. So, I mean, I'd like to get it fixed, but I can't really. Best I could do is put different guts inside of my Game Gear. And then is it still my Game Gear? I don't know. Well, I don't know. Maybe AJ will have better luck. AJ, you know what? You're going to have to let us know how the modding has gone for you if you've done it already because this was... Back in October when you... Listen to how it went. (laughs) Again, super timely. 
Let us know how it went. Man. Did you ever have any other kind of handhelds? I know you didn't have Game Gear, but, like, I mean, there's a lot of other stuff. Right. I had a couple of those, like, Tiger handheld style ones. Yes. Bart Simpson Cupcake Crisis. Oh, that one was kind of fun. I played that. And I had something called Merlin. Merlin, however you want to say it. It was, it's kind of like a Simon Says almost, but it looks real 70s. Uh, does it say Radio Shack on the side? Basically, it's this, it looks like a giant, super huge Zach Morris phone, <gasps> but in burgundy. Oh, I saw one of those at a toy show once, and I was trying to figure out what it was. Tell me about it. Yeah. How did it work? Uh, I'm not entirely clear, but it ha- there's like a grid, I think there's 12 or 9 little red lights and you just kind of press them and play games i know there is a tic-tac-toe and there's probably a game like simon just really basic light games like that and it just beeped but we would always use it as a fake phone it looks like a zach morris phone oh yeah this thing is massive that's awesome so you never even got to work right I think it would take like 14 batteries. It was huge. Oh my god, probably C batteries. Everything in the probably. 80 was C and D batteries. And you're like, then you like get something and you're like, oh, it doesn't take D's, which is what I have. It takes C's. Let me go to the store and get these other big batteries. I'm only buying for this one specific thing. Oh. God. Like how many toys did you have like that? So many. Ugh. But my dad would, you know, fire hazard it up and kind of play with the batteries a little um elaborate well no you just kind of work his magic i don't know if he soldered them or what but there was some funny batteries going on i don't think this is an experience other children had i think this might have been unique to your childhood (laughs) i mean my dad fixed things and if something was broken maybe he got creative with whatever batteries were around how do you fix batteries I don't know, but like our, my parents' cordless phones don't really work so well anymore. <laughs> Landlines. He, he didn't want to buy me a new uh, cordless phone for my bedroom, so he scotch taped two A batteries together. What? I just stuck them in there, and it worked <laughs> fine. <laughs> wow, that's why I could never understand you on phone calls back in the day. <laughs> you know, my dad's just living his best life, dadding it up. <laughs> That is a very dad thing to do. <laughs> oh, man. You know, but I, I always wanted a Lynx, the Atari Lynx, but I never got one. Even to this day, I've never even played one, but I've, I'm fascinated with it because I'm always fascinated with game systems that I've never played. Yeah, that's the Atari one. And I remember I had this classmate in like sixth grade that told me he was going to sell one for 100 bucks, And I was like... Uh, I'm interested. Bring it in. Let's look at it. Because I actually like had the money. Like you know, it was a recent birthday, Christmas or something. And so he brings it in. The only game he has is like robot football, and it's so <laughs> terrible that I like kind of look up at him and I'm like, "You really expecting me to buy this?" And he's like, "No." And I'm like, "Yeah, I'm. I'm not. I'm not gonna buy this. It was bad." Um. Man, that I kind of feel bad for that kid. He probably still has it. He couldn't find anybody to sell his Atari Lynx to. You know those Tiger games, though? The Tiger games 
were tied into every single franchise ever, okay? It was like Funko Pop is now. It would be like, here's Aladdin, the Tiger Game. Merrick Kate and Ashley Olsen, the Tiger Game. Perfect Strangers, the Tiger Game. I would buy that. Oh, my God. Like, there were so many random ones. And uh, at my childhood dentist, when you'd go in, like, for your dental work, it was a big room that had several stations in it. There weren't individual rooms. Well, you'd go in there and you'd pick which seat you wanted to be on based on which tiger game was attached to that seat. So, like, they would rotate the games out. And every, you know, you go twice a year, it's different games. And so you go in there. Oh, so and- this was at your actual dentist chair, not in the waiting room? No, it was at the dentist chair. So while they're d- drilling your teeth, you're over there trying to move Mary Kate across the screen. <laughs> it's just ridiculous. The last time I went there, Dennis kind of took me aside and uh, he said, hey, I don't know if you noticed, but you you drove yourself here. I'm like, yeah. He's like, look at all the other patients. And I'm like looking around the room and it's not clicking. And it's like, yeah, it's a five-year-old, it's a six-year-old, another five-year-old. Oh, he's like, yeah, you drove yourself. And so... He was like, I think this is going to be your last visit here. I'm like, really? And he said, yeah. And so I, I sat in silence for a minute, and then I looked up at him and said, do I still get to pick a toy from the toy chest? I got one more toy. Oh, my God. It was one of those plastic watches with hologram time on them. Uh, no, that's kind of cool. It was totally worth it. I dropped it during a soccer game and cried, and they had to stop the whole game, and everybody looked for my watch in the field. Wait, how old were you for that? <laughs> so, what about mobile games? You play mobile games? Um, the only games I have on my phone are none because it's a work phone. Okay, now that my boss isn't listening, I've got Pokemon Go and uh, Words with Friends. You play Pokemon Go a lot. I know. I have a problem. Jeez. Uh, I've had a really hard time getting into cell phone games. Yeah, I have downloaded a few others. Uh, I like Puzzle and Dragons. I had that on my tablet, but then my tablet bit the dust. And there have been like Bubble Bobble style games, but I, nothing long term like Words with Friends or Pokemon Go because I'm an adult. Yeah, what do you, man? When that Pokemon Go came out, I like went downtown here, and there were just like hundreds of people walking around looking at their phone it was like zombies they were all there because it was some hot pokemon spot where there was like the only place in town you could catch some certain one or something oh yeah no there's a church near my house and we'll go there we'll drive through the parking lot because there's three pokestops all in a cluster because there's a park next to it and i well i've been to this church once uh but i don't know anyone there so when we drive through now the priest is so used to seeing our car that he just kind of waves at us now he he knows what we're doing wow and how old were you when that happened uh last night so yeah well that brings us to a sad ending of this discussion <laughs> oh <laughs> come on do you, you guys play some of you guys play pokemon go right mm-hmm. So I know you, we've got a couple people on Twitter and Instagram that do play still. Maybe Pocket Mortys. I know Idiot at Play plays Pokemon Go. 
Well, there you go. You've made a friend. My one friend. And <laughs> anyone else, let me know. I can't be the only person doing this still. Like, Please I was don't gonna, let me be the only person. I'm just going to make the poll, like, Game Boy versus Game Gear, but I'm kind of wanting to make it... Uh, is Lindsay the only person that still plays Pokemon Go? <laughs> you know... I have a feeling I might lose this, but I'm I'm really curious. All right, let's do it. Officially, the poll is, I guess, Team Lee, if you're like me and don't play Pokemon Go anymore, and Team, Team Lynn's, Lynn's if, if you got to catch them all. Hey, that brings me to a, a new point. Do you want to introduce this? Do you want to set this up? Um, so Lee has a Back to the Future rant, which I don't know if that needs setting up because that's like entering any conversation with you. Okay. So this is kind of like a new segment we're trying out. We're at the end of the show. Uh, I'm going to rant about Back to the Future and things that kind of bothered me about it. I think we need a theme song for this. It feels like it needs to be set out a little. Uh, Well, you know what? My guitar is sitting right here. Oh, oh my God. Get the accordion too. It's also sitting right here. Great. Okay, now that I botched that. <laughs> All right, so what really grinds your gears on Back to the Future? So this time when I watched Back to the Future, the entire trilogy, what was really bothering me is that at the end of the first one, uh, Doc comes back, he's like, Marty, we gotta go to the future. Oh my God, your kids, we gotta save your kids. We gotta drop everything you're doing. I know you just got back home last night, and I literally could have come at any time in your life to do this, but I'm coming back the morning after. Let's go. And so there they go. They race to the future to save Marty's kids. And Jennifer gets a hint that Marty's gonna get into some kind of car accident, but Doc never tells him. And I will remind you that at this point, Marty has saved Doc's life by changing the course of history. Okay, he was going to get shot, and he didn't end up dying because Marty told him to wear bulletproof vest. So, by the time they get to the third movie, um, Doc kind of lets it slip. Like, I, you can't let, you can't get mad when people call you chicken because that's how you get in that accident in the future. And Marty's all like, "What? What? What the hell are you talking about?" Keep in mind, this is on the second adventure where Marty is trying to prevent Doc from getting shot to death. Marty could have gone back to 1985. He goes back to 1885 to help out Doc. And Doc's like, ah, I can't tell you about how you're going to get into a car accident. Ah, and I'm going to give you the details. Well, as I finished up the trilogy the other night, I realized what this means is that Doc is the reason Marty gets into that accident. And he still doesn't tell him. Doc is there twice that day. He's there in the morning. Could have prevented it. Could have just taken Marty to lunch. Been like, you're not going to be driving today. Don't worry, I'll drive. Done. Course of history changed. Marty's going to be a rock star. He comes again at the end of the day from 1885 in the time train. And honestly, the look on his face to me kind of says like, oh, Marty, you're, uh, you're here. I didn't just run you over with my... Time train showing up right after you got the DeLorean here on the tracks. Uh, it looks like somebody else already hit the DeLorean and smashed. It wasn't me? Oh. 
And, you know, that was after Marty was on his way back from picking up Jennifer, which the only reason he did that is because he ever went on Doc's adventure, and then they're going back to see the pieces of the DeLorean and talk about how Doc isn't coming home, and then Doc comes there. And again, that's twice, that's two opportunities that Doc could have admitted his own mistake and saved Marty from getting in that car accident. And there's a train whistle outside right as I finish that story. (laughs) It's Doc coming for you. How dare you? Yeah. And that's. So, do you think that plays into Doc being maybe absent minded or kind of a jerk? I think he's kind of a jerk. I love the character of Doc. I love Christopher Lloyd's portrayal of him. But I think Doc might be a little self centered. Would you time travel with him? Uh, yes. And that was this episode's... Back to the Future rant. Well, thank you, Lee, for sharing that with us. So now that I've gone on this rant, uh, what recommendations do you have to bring people back to reality? Ooh, boy, you know... I've been watching a lot of Teen Titans Go on Netflix. I didn't really think much of Teen Titans. I would see Teen Titan Go stuff at Toys R Us, and I would just pass it by. Uh, a friend of mine was watching it with her kids, and she was like, you got to watch this. And I did, and it's really funny. And there's a Teen Titans Go movie coming out this summer, I guess. So another thing to look forward to. Check it out. And if you have kids, they'll probably like it as well. I think you just like things with Go in the title. Yeah, you know, that really gets me. You ever see the movie Go? <laughs> so besides Teen Titans Go, uh, I also enjoyed some Weird Al Dungeons and Dragons. What? We didn't, we didn't talk about that in our last uh, episode, our Weird Al episode. My husband, Tom, he puts together Dungeons and Dragons games for some of his friends, and I play with them as well. And he asked if Lee and his wife would like to play Dungeons and Dragons, and... I said, yeah, can you do a Weird Al one? He's like, don't worry, I'm working on it. <laughs> Keep in mind, I had never played Dungeons & Dragons before. So it was, a, it was a game, we were all goblins, and we had to find the magic squeeze box. Tom does a magnificent Weird Al impression. That is so spot on. It's got that twangy, early 80s Weird Al sound. I think girls just want to uh, have lunch. Yes. Yeah. So we were very careful not to murder anyone in Al's band, which yeah. is very different from the group of Dungeons & Dragons players I play with currently because we just murder everything. Well, I don't want to hurt Al's band. I want him to still do shows. And he was trying to put the moves on the keyboardist. No, my character was. Let oh. me just preface that. Sorry, what was your character's name? Uh, Lindsay? Oh. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> I think yours was Larry. I, I, mine was Mr. Frump. Oh, yeah. They were all, like, weird owl names. Yeah. But it was a good time. So even if you don't like Dungeons & Dragons, maybe find a group of weirdos to play with anyway and kind of center it around something that you do enjoy, like Weird Al. Yeah, I was thinking, like, a Mario one would be kind of fun as well. Yeah. Uh, I'd never played Dungeons and Dragons. I didn't really know what to expect. And by the end, like, because it was something 
I know a lot about. Like, I absorbed a lot of the rules of the game because I wasn't focusing so much on the story. I was just able to kind of get the play mechanics down. So I had a lot of fun playing that. Uh, I've also had a lot of fun playing a Switch game lately, and I am really excited about this genre of game making a comeback. Uh, Have you heard of Late Shift? Uh, When I saw it in the podcast notes, I thought you were talking about that TV movie with Leno versus Letterman back in the 90s. No, that's called Night Court. Oh, wait. Mm. Aw. Too soon. Um, No, so I had a Sega CD uh, back in the 90s, and there was a genre of game that was like kind of exclusive to that system called full motion video or FMV games. And the technology was terrible at the time. I mean, the quality of the video that you've got on a Sega CD was garbage. It was terrible. But despite that, there were a couple games that you like saw just enough potential in this. And then the format just like kind of completely died after that yeah even though everything else went to cd based gaming for a long time so it was like okay this game late shift is like what if you made one of those games with today's technology so it's like you're watching a movie about a robbery and you're making all the decisions like do you help them do you stop them okay and now that sends you down one path and it's like do you talk to this guy do you walk past him okay that's that's another path and so it's got several different endings i've beaten about half of them so far and it's so fun to play like an interactive movie and it's like it's like well done the acting is decent and the story is like it's engaging enough that you'll watch it like eight times so Hmm. uh i highly recommend this game well, I think that wraps things up again for another episode of the pop rewind podcast brought to you by poprewind.com why don't you tell our listeners where they can find us? Oh, you're asking me to do this. Well, yeah. uh, as far as I'm concerned, the cool kids hang out at the Pop Rewind Instagram. And by cool kids, I mean me. Yeah. No, Lee really kills it on there. Yeah, I'm running the Instagram. Lindsay's handling the Twitter and Facebook. We have a bunch of other random things, but I think as of last podcast, you officially decided you didn't want to figure out Snapchat and Google+. Plus. Yeah, you know what? I'm too old. So you can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And if you are on other things and want to find us, just go to Twitter or something and Instagram. Yeah. The jokes are at Twitter. The funny, nostalgic pictures are at Instagram. Boom. There you go. That's what you need. Well, thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys later. Goodbye. Bye. See you in the future. Why? Why? Dot com. Dot com.